Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host. Shout out to our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are creating tomorrow's food business ecosystem today. Please check them out at farmtoplate.io. And I'm excited about this interesting conversation we're going to have about an area of the food business we haven't talked about in a while. And I have with me Mike Spiegel. He is the Director of Business Development for Fresh City Kitchen. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks so much, Pam. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, tell us what area of the food industry we're going to talk about today. We're in the uh, the age-old, exciting area of catering, and specifically corporate catering, and we focus our, our efforts in the Boston metro area. Very nice. And you know what? It is such a needed thing in the food industry is to have a good caterer for all kinds of needs and uses. Tell us what Fresh City's focus is. Yeah, it's it's kind of a little bit in the name. You know, it's fresh, on time, on trend food for offices and professional workplaces in and around the Boston area. So it can be anything from a very simple breakfast to an elaborate executive lunch to an evening reception with kind of intricate past hors d'oeuvres. So there's a, a gamut of things that we do. Nice. That that is quite a broad spectrum for a company. A lot of times if you do like the corporate dining, then that's all you do, but you really expand outside of that. So let's jump into some of that. So you go all the meals, first of all, all the meals, <laughs> all the meals. Well, because I think a lot of people end up at work, but they haven't really taken time, you know, especially if they have a commute these days, uh, people are, well, let's talk about that. People are kind of just getting back into the office. What What is it up in your area? Are a lot of people after the pandemic, we're in the fall of 2023 on this recording, just to give a timestamp to some that might be listening at a later date. So we've come out of the pandemic, but a lot of companies are making decisions about how, how they're, where their employees are going to be and how they're handling that. But That's what's right. going on with Fresh City Kitchens? Clients? So we've we've seen an interesting change, kind of in the curve, if you will, of our of the way our business is constructed. Where we used to see our business pretty spread out over five days of the week, Monday through Friday. Now there's kind of a a peak Tuesday through Thursday, where we see a lot of these companies that we work with are on very much on a hybrid work schedule, where people have a choice to come in maybe two or three days a week. And okay. typically in our business, what we see is that when they do bring bring people into the workplace they bring food along with it. And so that tends to be midweek days. And those tend to be days where there's heavy traffic and heavy commutes up here as well. Wow. Okay. So food or the, or like having a good cater with a good meal or two has become kind of a, a benefit of coming into the office. It is. And, and just like you alluded to earlier, people are so busy, right? And they're spending maybe an hour and a half each way up here in the Northeast, an hour and a half, maybe wow. two hours in the car. And so you don't necessarily have the time to to eat healthy or plan healthy meals to bring along with you to work. And so what we see is employers are, whether it's a meeting based or just a perk based opportunity to bring in food, they're typically providing food when people are in the office and it's, it's a bigger draw than you might imagine, you know, a, a simple lunch actually draws people into the workplace versus not, you know, that might not be, that might be a little counterintuitive. It is actually, I, I really hadn't thought about that, but that is a, that's a nice benefit, especially if you don't have to think about preparing and packing a lunch ahead of time or maximizing your time. If you have to go out from the office while you're there, you know, those were always decisions that had to be made when it was five day work week in the office, but interesting to hear how, how that has changed and your client base has changed 
you know, reaching out to you for some different options in that area. Uh, but what about the food that you're making? Like you, you make hundreds, I don't know what the quantities are, but I know hundreds of meals a day, I'm sure for your At least, customers. yeah, at least. Yeah. So what kinds of food? Is that a consumer trend thing? Like what's, what's happening maybe in the last few years? So there's a couple of different things. The core of our business originated with sandwiches and salads. So that's kind of where, where this business began. But we've certainly branched out into different things. And, and we've kind of adopted this phrase internally that we call health-ish, where we're not a company that's fully kind of health first focused because we have to appeal to so many palates and people with so many dietary preferences, but we are a company that emphasizes health friendly foods. And so a lot of salads, a lot of, you know, build your own opportunities, build your own salads, um, build your own grain bowls, things like that, where there's opportunities to have things that are a little bit lower carb and starch, higher protein, a lot of fresh vegetables, things like who knew something like a sliced avocado is probably one of the most popular things people eat in a workplace, but things that are invigorating, sustaining, aren't going to bog you down, you know, when you have meetings for the next four hours of your day, that's, that's kind of maybe the simplest way to say what we do in across hundreds of different menu items that we've made. Yeah, really interesting along the lines of really your, your mission, uh, as far as the fresh food idea, and providing, I guess, options for those people that they can choose, you know, you have the ultra healthy options, the avocado, that's the right. make your own salad with really great toppings available and healthy lettuces and that kind of thing. But then you also have for the, you know, I've always heard people talk thin, but they eat fat. You know, they, there's certain foods that people enjoy having. And so That's you right. also maybe have a selection of those kind of foods available for people too. That's but right. what I heard is being able to make it through, maybe if you have lunch, make it through the rest of the afternoon without falling asleep. So one of the things you've realized, I'm sure at Fresh City Kitchen is the fact that food really affects how our bodies operate over the next few hours after we eat. There's absolutely no question. We've seen our menus in the last 10 years, you know, we've always had that core selection, like I said, of kind of healthier types of things, but in the office space, you know, we've seen hot buffets with heavy sauces and potatoes and starches and things like that. Those tend to be minimized now. Everybody is tracking towards this kind of a little bit lighter, a little bit healthier, a little bit more invigorating type of meal in the workplace where just like you said, you're you're not going to want to take a nap for 45 minutes after you eat. Right. Because I guess, um, you know, we used to have those heavy lunches. I mean, going out to lunch and have this is probably longer than 10 years ago, but even having a drink at lunch was some of the older movies that we watch or uh, some of the sitcoms that are a bit, you know, set back uh, in the fifties or sixties, for example, kind of the two martini lunch was a thing, but people aren't doing that anymore. They're much more attuned to having something better for themselves, at least um, during the lunch hour. At least I think that's more of the norm. I think you're, I think you're spot on. It's more yeah. of the norm. We, yeah. we definitely do see people still participate in the happy hours, you know, in the offices, but um, mm -hmm. those obviously tend to be later in the afternoon towards the end of the day. Well, now that is also an area where you focus, like you do events as well, the catering and bringing in um, food for different events that companies might have 
have. We do. Yeah. So what we found is that being able to be, you know, like you said earlier, you know, a lot of companies like us are very specific and they have a very specific niche. And, and so our business started as that, where it was really focused on sandwiches and salads. And in the Boston area, people might know Fresh City all the way back to the early 90s. Um, and it's evolved considerably. There were retail locations decades ago, and, and it's oh. evolved considerably to where it is only a corporate catering company today. Um, okay. But what we found in our focus of corporate catering specifically is that being able to be a one-stop shop for our clients and our clients, keep in mind, are super busy admins and office managers, right? That's 90% of who we deal with on a day-to-day basis. These people are so busy. They need an option where they can pretty much have a one-stop shop for many different needs. And so the afternoon happy hour is equally as important to the executive as, as the executive lunch meeting, as it is to the entire staff breakfast that they might host in the morning. And so just from a, a marketing and a business opportunity point of view, it's so much easier to open our offerings and retain and optimize our existing customers than it is to go out and find new customers. And that's a big piece of why we have that scope of service. I agree with you, Mike. You know, if you've got a happy customer and you can add to your offerings for that customer, you know, if I'm that busy person that has to schedule these things for the office, the last thing I want is for anybody to be coming to me during the executive meeting complaining about the food, right? That's right. That you're there. Rep- it sounds silly, right? But the people who order from us, their reputation is on the line with the executives and the managers in their companies, because if there's a client in or, the, or there's a, a board meeting or something like that, and the food is subpar, or it's not on time or whatever it might be, it reflects poorly on that person. So it's, it's way deeper for the people we work with directly than just ordering food. Yeah. So this is a, this is a two-way street because if I'm happy, if I find a company that can provide great food, great service, and, and I'm happy with them, I want them to offer me more things because I'm going to have the next out of office event or, you know, evening event that might be out of office hours or the happy hour or something, a, a breakfast that I'm providing for some kind of summit we're having, I'm going to call you. And one of the differentiators I heard from you when we spoke before was that you're making it easy, easy, easy for me to call you, for me to order from you and get connected. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Because I think that's really a differentiator for your company. Yeah, absolutely. So what we've what we found in the last year, truthfully, since, particularly since people have started to come back to the workplace, is that you know, everybody has a different preference in how they communicate and how they order with us. And so we've kind of taken that to heart and not said, hey, here is our website and you must order this way, or here is our email or our phone and you must call in an order. We have people that have been working in the same job for 40 years and they want to pick up the phone and call us. And we have people that are brand new to a company and their company uses Slack. And they said, say, can we can we talk with you through Slack? So we we take orders with clients through Slack, through text message, online through our website, through email and via phone. So in five different channels, we kind of accept orders and we try to meet our customers where they are. That's so important because I think it takes an element of friction out of ordering, which grows our business, right? It, it makes it easier for that specific person to order more. And that's the whole idea behind my role, which is which is growth. Yes. And if, I, if I'm the customer and I need to be able to do things in a way that I'm comfortable doing them. The fact that you are saying, here's all our options, do what you're comfortable with and we'll figure it out on the back end. I'm going to do more business with you. That's exactly right. It's not, it's not their burden to bear, right? It's our burden to figure out 
logistically how that needs to work. Our job is to make it as easy as possible for people to get in touch with us and order full stop. Yeah. And I think the the key there is a lot of companies, like you said, they're they're making it easy for them. But the reality is you're you're having to create additional processes in the back end to make sure that everything's communicated to the central source so that you can process and fulfill those orders in the way that the people ordered them. But client doesn't see any of that. It's kind of like that duck on the water, you know, the feet are going like this. You have all that happening in the background, but the client (laughs) is not aware. They're just knowing you make it easy to deal with, you know, an order from you and and find what they need. I I think that's a great, that's a great way to deal with your clients. That's a great analogy. The feet, the feet under the water are moving rapidly. I promise you. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause I hear five different communication channels and most companies would go, Oh my goodness. No, we can hardly handle one or two. And now you're adding all these others. They can email or Slack or text or call or, you know, all these, all these channels. So I know that organization that it takes on the back end to get all of that processed and in the right place that's not going unnoticed by me. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners. So what else at Fresh City Kitchen? I mean, you're focusing on the food, you're focusing on your clients. You're realizing that it's a lot easier to keep your current clients happy and and give them additional offerings as a way to grow your business. But um, they're interested in those, you know, the healthy food. They care about where their food comes from. That's right. So documenting that, that transparency. I don't know if you're able to provide, you know, some of that for them. Sometimes in the corporate situation, that's hard to do. It can be. And we feed large groups. So there's, you know, I think this goes hand in hand for us with dietary preferences and allergies. I think this is a, there's a big conversation around food, you know, ingredient transparency and dietary concerns in in the workplace, you know. For us operating at the scale that we do, but being a small business, there are many challenges we face with kind of bringing in consistent ingredients that are, you know, locally sourced um, or that are, you know, pasture raised meats and things like that. So for instance, we do use um, free range chicken, for example, right. But we've had to bounce around from supplier to supplier in order to make that happen over time until we can kind of find a, a consistent, a consistent stream of supply on items right. like those, you know, or cage-free eggs. Local produce is great, but being a small business, you're kind of last in the pecking order sometimes versus the larger companies. And so you have to kind of pick and choose where you can make that impact uh, that people are going to notice it, but it's very important. And when we put that out there to people and we tell them, hey, we're we're bringing on this new initiative of, you know, whatever, this might be grass-fed or this might be pasture-raised, mm-hmm. they, it has a big impact psychologically right. on them. And just, it's, it works hand in hand with our brand. It elevates our brand in people's minds because they they can understand that we're putting some emphasis on where things are coming from, which translates into their health and their experience. And I think that's the connection is like, it kind of simply boils down to like, we care about you, which we do. Yes, you do. And the, the fact that you're trying to answer that call to be more transparent and also people like companies that try to source locally and I know that was more advantageous, certainly during the pandemic time when the the whole supply chain was disrupted and Absolutely. finding those alternatives for sourcing, you know, that was to make sure that you had a consistent supply. Like you're saying, you might have to have, uh, here's our plan A, but then we have plan B or plan C so that you can be sure you're meeting your customer's orders and being able to provide them the food. Uh, are there other areas where you're trying to 
take a look at what customers are wanting or what clients are looking at and and do better as far as you know what you're using i don't know supply wise or food wise or delivery yeah. wise or i mean there's we see a, a large percentage of our of our clients i would say near nearly 100% of our clients if if our average group size maybe is between 25 and 50 people i'd say maybe 90% of our clients have some sort of dietary request or allergy request mm. surrounding mm -hmm. their orders so um, gluten-free and vegetarian are probably the two most common, right? Okay. And and we have to take that really seriously because part of it can be an allergy and obviously part can be preference. Um, but we take that kind of stuff very seriously. And I think the place where we're able to differentiate ourselves is that we operate at a default setting for having available options for vegetarians, vegans, um, gluten-free folks, nut-free, dairy-free, kind of all of the above. Whereas I think some establishments get stuck in, oh, you know, that's more work for us. That's a challenge for us. Our food is our food. It's an opportunity for us to satisfy the needs of many people, right? It's really yeah. hard to please a group of 250 people that you're feeding. Really, really challenging to make, to, to make, you know, even 75% of those people enjoy the food and have a great experience. So if you don't offer that in the, in the context that we're operating in, you really don't have a great chance of pleasing everybody and, and earning repeat business. Um, another yeah. thing that we do to differentiate that is it's, it's a really simple process, but just labeling and signage is so important in what we do where people just want to know, like you said, people want to know what's in their food. People also want to know what's in their food just for not from the transparency standpoint, but from the dietary and allergen standpoint, mm. they want to know if there's an ingredient in there that contains gluten or soy or nuts or whatever it might be for a number of reasons, whether it's a diet that they're on or whether it's an allergy they have. And so we make a strong effort to label things. It's kind of really simple. We label things consistently. Uh, but that is so important. I can't tell you how many times I've been at a group event and I'm going through the food line and I'm trying to figure out, now I don't have any major allergen problems, but people do and they want to know what the options are a lot of times i'm one of those that will kind of survey the line to see what's out there before i just start taking one of everything along the line and yep. the labeling I, I haven't really heard that before mike and i again meeting your customers where they are and what they want to know about and you know there are a lot of allergy allergy situations out there so why not make that a part of kind of your standard offering that that this is not a problem for us we have these kinds of items available to you if you'd like to select them and um just makes that it's just easier to do business with again just make it easy absolutely and tell them what's in there so they can see people that do need to know can can know what's in there now you always have the people that don't really care they'll eat anything and that's like your favorite customer because you don't have to. They're easy. You don't have to worry about them. Like, oh, I'll take, I'll eat it all. It's amazing. Uh, one other I, thing I know. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Pam, to connect it all. I think that goes kind of the at the core of what we do. Like, ultimately, we're a hospitality business. You know, even though we're a catering and food business, like we're a hospitality business, the same as a hotel is, the same as a restaurant is, and these kinds of things are kind of core hospitality principles where you take care of your guests and you take care of your customers. And if you do that, you get the return of their loyalty and their, and their repeat business. And we talk to our customers constantly. That's one thing that we really make an effort to do. You know, we don't drop the food off and run away and hide. Like we want to know 
how things go. We want real feedback from people, even when things don't go great every single time. And we take that and we turn that into practices that can move us forward. Yeah. And you know what? I think you also get referrals that way. All the people that have to figure out who the good caterers are and who is easy to work with and who shows up on time with good quality food, uh, they all talk to each other. <laughs> and uh, I'd be referring you like crazy uh, if if I was happy with your service. So I know that that happens in the background too. It does. Yeah. It, yeah. Word, word of mouth is a huge part of what we do and, and generating that buzz internally inside a company or inside like an administrative group, networking group or something like that is a big deal for us. Yeah. And the holidays are coming up and people are talking about what are we going to do for our office get together and how are we going to yep. handle this and where do we want to be? And, you know, I, there's just, I'm sure a lot of activity coming up in your area because we're in the mid October of 2023. So November and December, I'm sure a big months for you to be doing that kind of activity, you know, and supplying that kind of um, service. They are, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody actually, actually yesterday, um, and he kind of boiled down restaurants and catering businesses to me as, as kind of two things, what's new and then go execute it kind of. And, and for catering, you know, just like in the simplest way, thinking about our businesses, our clients want what's new and then we have to go execute it. And there's a million other things that go into that statement, but I think when you talk about seasonality with restaurants, you know, it's expected with, um, with corporate catering, like what we do, the people that we're dealing with, they need new ideas constantly refreshed in order to, wow. to there's a, there's kind of a mental burden and a mental tax that they have to come up with new ideas all the time. And that's part of, we try to come up with new things as frequently as possible around all kinds of things in the office in the office because companies are always looking for ways to entertain people and the more that we can do alleviate that for our clients again the more business we you know we tend to get so we're Absolutely. we'll have thanksgiving menus that are unique and seasonal um we'll have things at halloween and of course we'll have a, yeah. an array of things at the holidays that kind of run through the end of november through december where people right. are congregating for you know for larger scale holiday parties Right. You know, I just thought about, I mean, if you could offer a themed menu for an event, wow, I'd be all over that where I don't have to think about all the details of what might go into that theme. It's like a package theme. That's a, that's a great idea. Well, speaking of packaging, you know, I know that's one thing we talked about before that moving forward, you know, there's areas that you're looking at in, in the business you have, you're delivering yeah. a lot and having to package these things up, what kinds of things are you considering? So we, so we consider all kinds of different materials from, you know, sugar cane to bamboo and palm leaf paper-based um, packaging is becoming more and more of a, of a big deal for us. There's nothing that we use that's not recyclable. And we try to be, you know, as consistent on that as we can. I mean, everything that we do, I'm going to retract that. I'm going to say, 80% of what we do is disposable, right? And maybe 20% of what we do is, is truly reusable, whether it's metal or ceramic or something like that. Okay. So packaging is a huge deal to us and a huge deal to our clients. Um, yeah. It we, we sometimes get more compliments. For example, we'll, you know, we have um, a line of palm leaf plates that we use, right? That are, that are oh. compostable. And you might not think anything of it compared to maybe a plastic plate, but we get more comments on those sometimes than we do on the food. People just, people pay attention to everything and they notice the the fine details. You know, they there's nothing, 
you never know when something's wrong, but you certainly know you certainly know when something's stand out great or stand out yeah. bad. And and we hear this comment about the packaging all the time when there's something that people notice, like these plates that we use, or you know the bamboo utensils that we might use, and it's a big deal just from that. Um, we're trying to chip away and do a little bit at a time to get closer to being truly like a sustainable company in terms of packaging. Yeah. And it's a process, right? I mean, you just have to keep moving in the right direction. And you might say, I mean, you said we're a small business, but reality is if everybody just does a little bit, then the impact adds up over time. Adds so, up. you know, adds up. yeah, you don't have to be doing hundred percent if you can do, you know, more than you're doing now and just keep seeing what the latest and greatest is out there, what we can figure out is going to be the most helpful. And as that's you're right. saying, your clients really appreciate your effort in that area because you're hearing about it. So that's good. I'm sure. They well, do. Yeah. We, we have talked about lots of things that Fresh City Kitchen is doing and, and how you've, the mission of your business and how you work with your clients. And I, I really just like the cooperative nature that I'm hearing. You know, you're really trying to meet their needs and work with, with them in the best way possible and, and the trends that are out there. Uh, is there anything else you'd like our audience to hear about Fresh City Kitchen or a thought for the future before we go? Yeah, I think so. Bob Iger said in his book that I read recently, he cut one of his principles is kind of innovate or die. And, you know, it's oh. right. Like that's something that's at the core of what we do. And so we might just be the small business serving the Boston community but we're not, we're a small business that understands that we have to constantly evolve and constantly move towards the future, which is exactly what we're talking about today and exactly what your, what your, what your podcast is about. And I just, I urge all small businesses out there to kind of take that to heart, that it's vitally important, not only be executing today, but to be looking at the future and to be thinking about what's next, because that's the expectation from the marketplace today. You know, if you're not constantly a few steps in the future while you're here today doing a great job, your your trajectory is going to suffer from it in the long term. Yeah. I thank you for sharing that quote with us. I think it's good for all of us to take that in and see where we might be able to apply it in our own businesses. So thanks for that, Mike. And we really appreciate you being on the podcast with us today. Thanks so much, Pam. It was, it was great talking with you. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you're notified of the next episode. And we would love to hear your comments about what you thought about this interview with Mike, what kinds of interviews you would like to hear in the future. Until next time, I'm Pam Linemiller.